brother, brother, brothers. Oh, yeah! It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a... It doesn't matter what you think! I lie! Oh, you didn't know? And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. See? I just didn't stand! You just made the list! Bam! Welcome, welcome, welcome into WWEGL on Legal 91.1 FM. It is 9 o'clock on a Monday evening, and it is time to talk wrestling with me and the boys. I am your host, Logan Hurston, and I'm, of course, joined by my co-host, Killer Cooper Prater. It is a joy and a pleasure, as always, to uh, join you egg-sucking dogs uh, <laughs> to talk about wrestling. Um, the still reigning champion by tiebreaker the notorious snow phillips dang it feels good to be elite <laughs> and our very special guest the awesome alex Husing. it's hard to say what was a greater injustice done this weekend logan just making up new rules so he can compete by himself one-on-one for the championship this upcoming weekend or the fact that swerve was still in man his hair his dreads, was his dreads. <laughs> the door did not close Dreadgate. the That's door did I'll not say. close man his person i didn't make up new rules that was the original rules you wanted the bet we went to duluth last week and alex wanted to hold the belts in duluth so that's why we did <sighs> yeah, the quiz and alex yeah, yeah. lost don't let this distract you from the fact that i am the real world's champion and uh, much we- like cm punk because, but since he had to, he's going to have to give that belt up. I am the real it's world true. champion. It was it was a really crazy week in wrestling all yeah. around. Um, records were broken. We were very sad for a lot of it. We had a really good time watching Dynamite and Collision. I had a grand time. Um, me and Cooper got to see our future husbands. Eddie Kingston and Keith Lee. Ooh, oh, it's so good. So good. Um, <laughs> I thought Cooper's going to be like, don't say that. But he's like, no. It's no, he, oh, yeah. absolutely. Tremendous, um, tremendous, tremendous. But... With that being said, because of this, we're not going to do predictions of the show. Plus, they didn't even give us the whole all-out card. All-out has like four matches. So, me and Noah tied for predictions. We got seven out of 11. <sighs> Alex got six, and Cooper got four mm-hmm. out of 11 um, for Owen Wembley. So just, me and I Co- just cannot win with this company. <laughs> me and Alex will – I mean, not me and Alex. Me and Noah will tweet our WWE payback and all-out predictions probably Friday. What would you say? You should complain about the booking, Cooper. That's what you need to do. <laughs> This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding though. There's nothing I more no greater pain I felt than just driving over there to uh, our our friendly Logan's uh, apartment to watch All In, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what, Soraya is gonna win the title, and I had already. <laughs> I mean, it's he had I, already. I, done I never it. thought about the match other than the fact that I'm mad at Tony. That there was only one match on a 13 match card, but. I like was driving. I'm like, you know what? It, it makes 11. perfect. Se- it was 11. It was 11 matches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my mistake. My mistake. Um, but I like. Ugh. I cannot because it made so much, and then her family shows up. I'm like, oh well, great. I literally said on the podcast, anybody could win. They could give it to Soraya for the hometown. As soon as I saw her family come out and she got queen, I'm like, brother, she's going over. (laughs) There's no way Tony's going to shell out that much money and bring her family ringside, and she ain't winning. It was just so obvious with the Tony Storm going crazy angle. I don't know how I didn't think about it. Maybe it's because I didn't give Tony and the writers enough credit for putting any thought into the women's division, which could be an argument for another day. But either way. Heck of a show, though. And again, somber week at, at times, as I know you were leading into. Um, yeah. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into what probably matters most. Even the biggest wrestling pay-per-view of all time happened this week, and that's not what I'm thinking about. Right. Um, we lost two absolute wrestling greats this week in Terry Funk and Widow Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Um, as such, we are going to do the normal 10-bell salute 
whenever we get done talking about this segment. Someone took it off the ring. But um, again, I put it on today. Saboteur. Blasphemy. Someone <laughs> doesn't believe in respecting the dead and Weagle. Did they take it out of the did they take it out of the thing? There's no way. Well, we're about to yeah, no, be, they better not, because I was I was gonna yeah, raise up a storm. Yeah. Why is anybody um, cutting anything out of dad? Yeah, everything's still Oh in wait, that no, I put it in the wrong spot. That's oh well that that's, okay. I put it on another page. User error User once error. again takes down WWE GL. Well, we have it on there for later. But uh any immediate thoughts before we really get into it? Um we well I I'm sure have uh quite a few um you know, moments of, of reflection for uh, both of these um, great talents uh, after. Um, but I do think it is important to hammer home um, exactly how um, big, big of a, a loss uh, both of these are, um, in particular for, for being in, in the span of time uh, that it, it was back-to-back, um, made for a, a very uh, somber weekend. Um, in the midst of, of what was otherwise, uh, you know, fairly eventful uh, evening. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I definitely. Makes sense. Terry passed away that Wednesday when we went to Duluth. And we were sad about it. And I was like, we're going to, you know, talk about them on the show. Um, and I was very, you know, I was, sa- I was sad about Terry. But luckily he got to live a long, a long life. Got to live to 79, a 50-year career. Right. Um, ended out on his own terms. You know, obviously we wish we can all live mm-hmm. forever. But two, yeah, two very, um, you know, obviously any death is tragic, but I, for in particular these two, I think tragic for for very different reasons. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, with with Wyndham, obviously, um, there is the aspect of of being taken too soon, um, and for uh, Terry, there, well, yes, he 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 did certainly live a very long and eventful and. Uh, by all accounts, you know, very, you know, happy life. Um, uh, there, there was always an aspect of um, being, what's the, the word that I'm, I'm looking for here? Um, being trapped almost by wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, the need to, to, to keep coming back. Um which you know was kind of a, uh, sort of a, a joke for for a little while in in the wrestling community. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure you know there can be greater discussions to be had about that. Um, but truly, I, I I think it's it's hard to um, overstate just how how much both of these uh, individuals would be, be sorely missed. No, sorely, sorely. I mean, I'm that's probably all I'm gonna be thinking about for the the rest of the year at this point is you know. Mm. what would have been, what could have been kind of thing. And I'd also say this. I think wrestling is a very unique um, – and this is specifically about Terry because that's that's something that – it didn't really it didn't really catch – like I didn't have as much of a connection, if any, really. But like CM Punk's promo, despite the fact that I've got beef with CM Punk, really like struck a, struck a chord on Wednesday. And it's the fact that it kind of harkens back to an idea that was mentioned a lot at WrestleMania 18, whereas the fact that like wrestling is like the one thing where you really get, for one – like in in essence, living legends. Like every pro athlete retires before they hit fifty. Mm. Yep. But wrestlers will go on, and I mean, we've got Sting, who's it made who's, who was right. in one of the one of the top matches, one of the best matches, shockingly enough, at one of the biggest shows in the history of wrestling, if not the biggest, right? And Terry Funk's no no exception to that because you know it was something that they mentioned when Rock faced Hogan at eighteen. They're like, you never get to see Ali versus Tyson. You never get to see 
uh, Babe Ruth versus Barry Bonds, but you right. do get to see Hogan versus Rock, just like you get to see Terry Funk, who wrestled Luthez and CM Punk. Hmm. How the heck does that happen? Yeah. It doesn't in any other world yeah. except except professional wrestling, and that's the that's the craziest thing about it is that he was as much of anybody that the embodiment of that, especially because he kept going and I think he kept reinventing himself in oh, a way yeah. that wasn't stale and wasn't boring and wasn't burying talent. Half the time, Terry Funk was going into promotions that he had no business being in because they were well below his pay grade, but he went in there and elevated it mm. for one night. Would never be back again, but everybody that was there was never going to forget the night that Terry Funk pulled up at whatever promotion it was. And, I mean, that I think that's really a testament to so many things, especially because he was as critical a guy as anybody to – the Monday Night Wars, even because he helped give ECW so much legitimacy at the time when they needed it desperately. And yeah. then he also goes to WWF at the time and basically helps them invent the hardcore division, which also elevated them to another level at that point as well. And that's that uh, impact alone. It's just, again, it's th- those guys almost feel like they're immortal because who the heck wrestles Luthez and CM Punk? Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> ever? Nobody. No. Yeah. There's only one person that's ever done that, ever. I guarantee it. And it's probably Terry Funk. If there's another guy, I'm shocked. But it's it's really an incredible thing and something that, you know, is a testament to how incredible his career was and the impact he had. And that's just the beauty of wrestling. And CM Punk really brought up a great point about that on Wednesday in reference to Sting because Sting's the same way. Plus, you can see Funk's influence on almost anybody yeah. on any roster. Something mm-hmm. from him or his technique. I mean, like, especially any hardcore guy is Funk. I mean, right. the Briscoes, the, you know... All the throwback guys like Cody and stuff like that, or FDR, you can see all their influence there. Um, I especially like we were mentioning the rub, like the whole thing he did for ECW and his um, march to getting the ECW title at uh, Barely Legal, where he oh, it's fantastic. The it's three way the versus was it Stevie Richards and who was the first? It was Stevie, uh, Richards, Stevie and... Richards. I forget who was in the the first three way. I know the main event was against Raven. Raven, yeah, yeah. it was against Raven, but he wrestled the three way that same night. Mm-hmm. Let me, I. I can look this up. Jerry, I have it. Jerry Lynn, maybe? It was Sandman. Oh, that's right. It was Sandman. Yep. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. then he wrestles another three-way later on. He wrote a 60-minute match. Mm-hmm. I think it was him. Oh, I have to look it up. There's another one he wrestles for the ECW title. He was crazy. Also had the millions of retirement shows, especially right. the one against <laughs> Bret Hart where he got ECW and WWE talent on the same show. Mm. Um, the other one here, let's see. It was Sabu and Shane Douglas. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We yeah. want to tear in ECW, by the way. Shane. Right, because because they they had um that's what that's one of the matches that I actually watched going into this was because they had their I know he and Sebu had their rather infamous barbed wire rope match and then at the Hardcore Homecoming show in 2005, Sabu, Terry Funk, and Shane Douglas like redid that match again in the main event mm. for the show that they had at the ECW Arena, which was the parallel to ECW One Night Stand that exact same weekend. If I remember correctly, uh, WWE tried to get. Uh, Terry in for one night stand and he said no and, and did hardcore homecoming instead. Yeah, that's uh, exactly correct. Precisely because I think he thought like I don't know it was more true to the the spirit of what ECW yeah. was. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah an aspect of of his career that is you know absolutely you know like etched in stone. Just his his willingness to give to the industry yep. uh, in so many ways. Um, both, you know, with his his body and his legitimacy, the, his reputation of Terry Funk has wrestled for you. Uh, did it, uh, you know, fully legitimized, uh, obviously ECW, but also I, I think equally as important his reputation in Japan uh, with yeah. FMW. Um, 
which really, really pioneered a lot of what we currently think of uh, as hardcore wrestling in the States, even. It was kind of this cyclical relationship uh, which hardcore wrestling had, you know, starting out in the States, going over to Japan, yeah. coming back to the States, and through the, the medium of Terry Funk, almost, uh, as kind of the starter and the one who brings it back. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, like, one of the matches that I watched over the weekend... Um, was uh, the exploding ring, uh, no rope barbed wire death match <laughs> with him and, and Atsushi Onita, um, which just, and he was, I think, I don't know, like maybe in his like late 40s at that point, and just giving an absolute career best like performance in, in that, uh, in, in a situation where, you know, he, he didn't necessarily have to. Um, so, yeah, a very, a very giving individual. Yep, we will continue this discussion, and we will get on to Wyndham and a.k.a. Bray after these brief messages, so just stay with us. Welcome back to WWEGL. We're on a little bit of a um, heartfelt subject here. We're talking about the passing of Ter- uh, Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Noah, you had some words you would like to say? I did. Uh, the, we all attempted, or I think we all did, watched uh, some sort of Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, a couple of their matches just to really set forth what great performers these guys were in the match and matches that I chose, uh, match and angle, excuse me, that I chose was uh, the Terry Funk, Ric Flair, I quit match at Class of Champions in 1989. And then I watched the uh, angle that kicked off that feud with uh, Ric Flair winning, becoming a six-time world champion. And Terry Funk, who was a judge at that match between him and Steamboat, Jumping in the ring, said, Rick, you're a great champion, and I got to tell you something, Flair, I want to be your first contender. And Rick Flair just looks at him and goes, you've been out in Hollywood for the past 15 years, and you can just see like the eyes turn back into that crazy Terry Funk. And you, you, that, There's a reason that man did movies. Mm. He is a fantastic, <laughs> like the way you just saw it happen, you saw the lights. He's the best actor up. in Roadhouse. He is the best actor <laughs> yeah. in Roadhouse. There you go. That was the movie I was trying to think of. I couldn't remember it. <laughs> but um, And then he just goes out and he gives the pow, uh, pow driver to Rick Flair on top of the table and it ignites this feud that leads into this uh, I quit match at Clash of the Champions in 1989. And they are just, like, going at it. And I was really starting to notice, like, uh, not only the selling that Ric Flair did when Terry's really, really getting his heat and he's, like, trying to get Ric Flair to say, I quit. And just, like, the presence that Terry Funk has, the aggressiveness, like him shaking the barricades and, like, hitting the turnbuckle and throwing fake punches and stuff like that. And then when Ric Flair turns it around for the babyface flare-up, uh, you could say, and get starts working over the knee, and he fi- and Ric Flair finally locks in the figure four, and you just see Terry Funk just wailing around, and you hear him say into the wireless mic, "No, I'm not gonna do it. Oh my leg, oh my leg, it's about to break," and you can feel everything that that man is going through because they've been telling the story all night, Jr. and I don't know who the other guy on commentary is about how if he says I quit he's going to lose a meal ticket and he's never done this before in his life and he's the toughest Texan they know and he's all this all this sort of stuff and you and he pauses and he just looks in the referee's eye and you could feel the uh, pin drop in the arena after they just went wild for Ric Flair 
finally locking in the figure four. And he says, yes, I quit. And that arena goes electric. Mm. It is an outstanding moment. It's on YouTube. It's not the best quality, but it is an outstanding match and an outstanding story being told. Um, I've let it be known that Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler, but the way Terry Funk just in a way makes Ric Flair in this match as he becomes one of the top baby faces in the NWR or makes uh, Ric Flair through the story because as Terry Funk gets back up, shakes Ric Flair's uh, hand and says, you're the man. Mm. It's just absolutely that's, phenomenal. That's absolutely like part of the magic of, of watching his matches is like he, he goes into most of these programs as like this, you know, unstoppable crazy you know just absolutely out of his mind heel right like you watch a lot of those like early promos especially the one the ones with him and dory funk jr are hilarious because dory is so like calm and like normal and like he he'll even like wear a suit and tie (laughs) or something and then it'll cut to terry's part of the promo and he's just all bug-eyed and you know he's like wearing like a a poncho and you know his cowboy hat and all that sort of stuff just going wild um so he's this great like almost monster heel going into a lot of these matches and a lot of these feuds but then you'll get to the big climactic moment and you start to feel really bad for him yep. and you start to really root for him and in that match you have um gary hart getting immediately in the ring slinging his jacket down start pushing terry funk mm-hmm. just oh my gosh right excellent stuff also got five stars from dave apparently i was i was looking it up not oh, in the tokyo go, dome but dave, dave, dave yeah. gave it five stars back in 1989 that might have been when he was like transitioning from four to five because <laughs> right. it used to be four maybe maybe yeah. Let's just say Cooper told me before the break there's a Terry Funk album, and yes. I have been trying to find a way to buy it on Discogs on record <laughs> ever since. There. It is only printed in Japan, by the way. Yeah, no, you can't um, get a physical copy. <laughs> it <laughs> was like the only ones. There were some promo ones actually sold for somewhat reasonable prices, but then there the other ones were like $300. I'm like, ah, yeah, brother, no, I don't man. know if I can buy that there's one. There's like uh, four of those left in the there world. Was, three. There was <laughs> a, a really interesting, and by interesting I mean fantastic, trend. Uh, in like this, like late seventies, early eighties of wrestlers that were really, really big in Japan, particularly like uh, foreign wrestlers that were big in Japan, recording albums. Uh, like Terry had one, Abdullah the Butcher had one. Oh God! Um, I th- I'm pretty sure, like I don't know, the the Destroyer or somebody else. Like it was, it was this weird thing where, like, I don't know, people just were. Super big into hearing wrestlers sing, I guess. Sure. I mean, honestly, I, mean, I would buy the, the Macho it's all Man over record. Like disco beats too, because it's uh, like the seventies. Yeah. Uh, that makes it even better because nothing dis- nothing disguises bad vocals quite like disco beats, man. Right. Like who cares? If the vibe is good, it doesn't really matter if they can't sing, man. That's exactly, just the way it is. Exactly. But uh, let's transition to someone who is all vibes, who is all just mystique, and everything in between. The passing of Wyndham Rotunda, mm. aka Bray Wyatt. I, it doesn't feel – I always knew his name beforehand, but, like, now, especially since he's passed, it's weird for me to call him Bray. I don't know. Right, right. It's just yeah. – especially um, – I don't know about you guys, but this one, it really shook me up. Um, I don't know if I've ever told this story on air. I know I've told some of you, but my um, youth minister, who I'm still very good friends with, who's still at my church, actually went to college with Bray Wyatt mm. or Wyndham, um, and he had his other friend that also played football with him. They were at WrestleMania 30 when he faced Cena. And everything, and so person I could possibly meet in real life, you know, like a lot of these 
it's hard. It's like we have connections to him, but it's like we never, you know, um, get to really know them most of the time. Uh, so that this this has been especially weird for me, especially how young he was, and he just came back. The first pay per view we ever covered for this podcast is me, Noah, and Daniel and Daniel's house watching Ray return in the main event. Um, going crazy, if I remember correctly. Am I wrong about that, Noah? No, you're not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was because I, I, the whole White Rabbit thing leading up to it, I was really into The Fiend before they, mm. you know, um, basically. Watched it. Well, they just kind of got him off screen after Mania. Um, I wouldn't say completely botched, but, I mean, it's more like they just, they, it's, he's too, he, he was someone that, like, I described as almost too good for wrestling. Yeah, there's, there's a weird, um, pattern that kind of kept happening with him where like he I, I think it's fair to say he's probably one of the most creative um, individuals to ever be in this profession Easily. Um, you know just constantly coming up with you know uh, interesting ideas for, for character for story and had a great mind for, for how to visualize that as well mm-hmm. Um was very you know particular about what style he wanted his his promos to be in and his his vignettes and all of that um and at a certain point um you know i i think i i might have said this on on the show maybe like i don't know at the at the rumble match for you know the, the, pitch, the black. pitch black thing um there there came a point almost in, in all of those where it, it almost was like this is almost like too cinematic for wrestling. Like, yeah, like you need to, I don't know, like grab a, a camera crew and you know go into a studio and like make a really cool like short film, uh, which yeah. apparently he was working on. If I if I I heard something during the time when he was let go for WWE for a little bit that he was working on some like kind of horror movie thing which i i'm i would be very interested to see now especially or I- even if it's not finished like details about it and stuff right like that. right yeah um that what was i gonna say the firehouse the fire high fun, firefly fun house match getting a little tongue-tied there that i mean i remember seeing that you know everyone's talking about the boneyard match but that, brother so that was the the bray match that i i rewatched for for the show it is incredible it's like (laughs) so good i think probably like his i don't know if you want to use this term like his magnum opus or whatever of of his his career um and like insane that they let him do it (laughs) john cena of all people john thought it was great john said it was his favorite thing i think he did in his career banished john cena to the shadow realm (laughs) like it was crazy (laughs) but um, what did he call didn't he call him like Johnny Big Meat or something like that There's when he was a, yeah doing when they the, were doing the retro the retro stuff yeah they were like in the eighties the or NWO Cena mm-hmm. oh, and it, so yeah it's good. this it's this beautiful little character assassination <laughs> of of John Cena as told through um, you know this like other dimensional trickster god that is Bray Wyatt um, and like I, I I watched it and I was like oh this is like watching like Mr. Mixes Pitalik, like, you know, yeah, mess, mess with, with Superman. Superman. It's like, you know, it, and it's it's funny at first, but then it gets really disturbing because, like, oh, he can do this to this guy. Like, you know. He can do um, it to anyone. He can be, yeah. And so I wish that they had, you know, 
um, just love him character yeah, yeah. assassinate everybody on yeah. the roster. How does how does he you know get into into Daniel Bryan's head? You know, especially with the history that, that they, they had, had, yeah, which was crazy. Um, you know, there's so many great opportunities for that, and he and he just you know was so utterly gifted at making what on the surface could be a very um, kind of I don't know like carny sort of idea um be you know artful and and uh sincerely emotional as like a as a piece of work so i mean when i'm shouting off some great moments you mentioned the brian thing before the cage match on raw before wrestlemania 30 an absolutely crazy moment. The crowd was going absolutely insane for it. Mm. Um, really, ER, Brian was already a made man, but really pumped that up going on to Mania. And then Brian giving it back to him. Whenever the Fiend won the title, they had that amazing bull rope match. I think the best match of Bray's career, not counting, you know, Firefly Funhouse. Mm-hmm. And, of the actual regular matches. In-ring matches. In-ring matches. Um, also, um, Elimination Chamber when he won the title was crazy. I remember popping off so hard when that happened. Um obviously all the shield stuff I think Alex is gonna get into the Shield Bray Wyatt feud. Oh yeah, I did I did I did watch I did watch part of that match um in the Elimination Chamber, which is such a good match because they were just like that was just lightning in a bottle because they were both heel factions, but they were both so over it didn't really matter at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think in particular to me what what sticks out is the fact that and this, this was what stuck out to me at always was that his character and the artist that he was came just at the wrong time, if that makes any sense, in a very, like, because WWE was never going to make the Louisiana cult leader the champion of the company, even though mm. he was the best thing in the company. So it didn't matter. Like, that. that's the thing is that, and it, it, was, it was very unfortunate because I think if, if you have this character come around in 2005, it's a very different conversation around that because of how creative he was and how that's just what they did. When they wanted weird guys to hold the belts, they just sent them off to SmackDown where nobody cared because you can have The Undertaker hold the belt because right. yeah. John Cena's doing all your press tour stuff and you don't have to have the dead guy do the press tour. And and that's that's what really stuck out to me is how creative it was and how he was able to reinvent himself despite the fact that WWE failed him on many, many occasions. Noah? Um, uh, I just really... Uh, this was set on my heart. Um, whatever the news was coming out, first and foremost, um, I want to remember Husky Harris, right? With the Nexus faction, that was that whole thing was fantastic. Well, was uh, it a Ferrari engine uh, for, and a tank? No, no, it was a tank with a Ferrari engine. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> what? Just absolutely. Yeah, that was the thing. You, you got to. You got to. He was wrecking it in NXT. Cody was his mentor. Yeah. Um. But one thing I did want to say before that the um. Reports that I read were that uh, Mike Rotunda, Erwin Arshyster, IRS, if you didn't know, uh, Bray Bray Watt's father, was the one that had to call Triple H and tell him. Mm -hmm. And the way that makes my heart ache to think about Mike Rotunda making that phone call, I just wanted to take a couple seconds and recognize him and recognize his pain and I wish that that pain on no one. Yeah, no, no, um, you know, father should. No have father to should have to witness son. that, nor make that phone call. And also, no, no child should, you know, have to have their parent 
taken from them as exactly. as young as as braced children are yeah. so um with that being said we're going to go to another quick psa break and when we come back we're going to hit you with the tin bell salute I don't know what to say after that, man. Um, you know, this is um, not an ideal situation. Um, life is very rarely ideal. Um, but um, as life continues, so must we. Um, Good one, stuff. One last thing uh, I would like to offer, you know, it doesn't really – I'm sure it doesn't matter much to him, but I'd like to offer our sincerest condolences to the Funk and the Rotunda family and all the friends and family of Terry Funk and Rotunda. Absolutely. With that being said, we're going to try to move on. There was another big thing that happened this weekend. I guess we have to talk what? about. Yes, yes there was. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of any of this. Man. Oh, I, I guess there was, there was something else that, that happened this weekend. Uh, My week peaked on Wednesday in uh, Duluth, Georgia. Thank you very much. Also known as Atlanta, depending on who held the microphone. But, you know, <laughs> right, right. For, uh, for, you know, convenience sake. Of, of, <laughs> a couple people said Atlanta because we all looked at each other <laughs> like, because so, yeah. I looked at Noah one of the times like, we ain't in Atlanta. Come on now, y'all. Justin Roberts said Atlanta at one point. Yes, he was addressing that, the crowd. It was, it was early on. It was really early. Yeah. Not, they, they corrected themselves by the end because Tony's probably like, guys, right. you have to say, or however, I can't imitate his voice. Not the dapper yapper. We saw <laughs> Dynamite and Collision. In Duluth this week, this past sure. week, I got the Bull Club Gold shirt. You got the Larry shirt. I got my, my Larry Chicago shirt. Um, yeah. Me and Cooper were marking out hard. We were probably the two that were rocking heavy for Collision <laughs> by the end there because some of the crowd, they, they they filmed the main event first. So after Punk left, half the crowd went with, the, with them. I'll say this. There's some very based AEW kid fans that were right in front of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, One brother. with Darby yeah, yeah. Allen face paint that was rooting on Ray Phoenix. I'm like, respect, kid. I felt bad because there's no way he's winning that match with respect. <laughs> there was a little girl who was throwing up the crowns up. She was booing the heck out of CM Punk. I'm like, this kid is awesome. She Sting gets kid, it. dude. Sting the kid, Sting kid the across the yeah, aisle. Yeah. That was That's awesome. crazy, man. He, also, another thing about that Darby Allen kid, he knew who um, – Brian uh, Cage? No, no, no. Um, oh, come on. Our boy. That was there doing security. Nick Wayne? Oh, oh no, no, Teriyaki. 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 That's true. That was incredible. When, yeah, because he started saying Teriyaki, and I was like, wait a minute. That boy, no ball. That boy, knows How does he know this? Incredible stuff. You think you had that GCW show? Um, it had to be, right? God, I, I mean, so. if you're in Duluth and GCW's in Atlanta, and Teriyaki, your boy Teriyaki's in GCW, you're going, man. You're going. We're going to go. Um, so. But it was a great show. We got to see Sting live. We got to see the Twice. Hardys. I can see Aussie Open win and then immediately lose on Sunday. <laughs> All Keith I Lee. know is Don't pain. forget about Keith Lee, man. Keith Lee, me and they didn't announce that before. Me and Cooper about passed out of our Woo. chairs. I have never me and you we heard that who am I? Uh, the blood, everything came back. 
just absolutely wild. For one moment, my voice came back, and it <laughs> died out immediately after that. I was going crazy for the pounce. Um, and the, That's true. Except, um, wait, did oh, – wait, yeah, because we wanted Willow it, to hit the pounce, but and then, she didn't, Willow didn't. Which because also, Keithley came out right after – she hit the – she hit the how dare, how dare Tony Khan and everybody involved rob us of seeing Willow pull down the straps in person? True. I, you think I paid all that money to see anything else other than the greatest? Um, I don't know what to call it in wrestling, but it's awesome. It's so cool. Oh, she is um, the greatest wrestler in wrestling. That's what <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Oh my gosh, what a show though! I I was very all in after this after this event. I must yep. admit, as mm. as the you know traditional hater of all things AEW, I was like, hey, it's pretty cool. Speaking of all in. No, you got to no, say, we gotta say Christian. We got to see Christian Cage tell somebody their dad's. Christian it, Cage. Oh, I saw him come out, Perfect. and Nick Wayne was in the ring, and I immediately realized I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> and I went to Cooper, and I was like, Cooper, Cooper, and Cooper didn't immediately realize, and then he heard Nick Wayne. He said, Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> that was, bro. That man said, Oh, your dad does too, but I've never heard of him, so you know, I've been a good wrestler. So was that? That was Dynamite, right? No, that was Collision. That no, was Dynamite. Yeah, that was Dynamite. Cage, Cage was on Dynamite. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They, they announced that match. Yeah, because okay, Fox yeah, got right. out because that's apparently right. it was um, Visa issues. I think that's what I heard. Too. Yeah, and he, he told him the last late. minute, so yeah. they were a little. There was a little heat backstage, but that Christian thing. Oh my gosh, when he was like, "I know that you have a father," and they just stopped. Throw up right. the seas. This absolute evil, evil man. But dang it, he does have the best entrance theme in wrestling, so I can't really hate, can <laughs> the I? The instant classic. What it's can you so say? It's so good. Welcome to the islands, bro. <laughs> um, but we then, AEW, flew over the pond and went to jolly old England, Wembley Stadium, 81,065 fans, packed that stadium for the first ever AEW all in Wembley. And how did we start this thing? <sighs> Wait, Where? <laughs> well, actually, we started it with Miro and Hobbs segment, and then That's we true. started it with Wee Woo, Wee Woo, Will, with Grado. Grado came out That's to true. the Will. We're going to skip past that. What were the two matches on the good, pre- It was Aussie Open and MJF. Aussie Open yeah. MJF. Right. Which was a f- okay match. It was good. They weren't trying to go crazy because yeah. obviously they don't want to screw up the main yeah. event, which I would say, Tony, you got some. You got. Something guts. to try to do that guts. That's what we'll Logan, go with. Go with guts. Guts. You got something. That's all I'll say. Cause I wouldn't book that, brother. Sorry. Oh, no and then way. It, was, it was Hook versus Jungle Boy. And then it was Hook right. versus Jungle Which Boy. Was a great match. By and we the had way. the very gifable moment that happened. <laughs> and you know, stuff happened backstage. We're not really gonna get into that. But yeah. we have to mention. Yeah. Tony mentioned it, so we have to mention it. Tony did confirm. Tony did something confirm. happened. Something happened. Um, this is real glass. Um, all time great moment though. But that was, they had a good, decent, pretty good match. Um, yeah, um, bleeding all over the ring before the, the main card even started. The, yeah, the the hook and and um, Jungle Man Jack uh, was <laughs> in particular, I think, um, you know the the probably the more like work rate, the you know standard yeah. of the two because the. Uh, MJF Cole and Aussie Open one was very much meant to just kind of I think like get the crowd going and and you know the kangaroo kick the belts on them that's true yeah yeah the kangaroo click the kangaroo kick and the uh, double clotheslines were probably two of like the loudest pops aside from the actual like main event <laughs> yeah it's great yeah. it's crazy how over that that whole team is and then we got we went on the main card Smojo CM Punk. Skip. For the real world championship. Ooh, yeah, brother. Brother, it was a good match. My man. I hate CM Punk. You what got can it. I say? I was like, look, okay. 
I got beef. I, as, this match, okay, to be fair, when I saw the ending of this match, I was a little mad, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what, that's cool. As the Pepsi plunge. The the CM Punk Apologist. negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the mediator. The he used to be mediator. apologist, but now he's just negotiating. It's getting worse, brother. Allow, allow me to sell you on CM Punk, Alex. Uh, no, this... Uh, you gotta watch this match. It was such a banger. This he was did. So he good. was watched it. No, I mean, I did. I did watch it, and I lo- and I love Samoa Joe, and that that's that. Just, and I love when he threw him under the announce table. That was a cool spot. Hence, yeah, ha- I like and that. And Joe doing Man. the walk away, and that was ev- the crowd was so behind Joe. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's the king of television. Everybody. Personally, I would have Joe go over, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. um, I w- but I will accept the Pepsi plunk because it made sense. It's an old kind of Ring of Honor finish. It's it, it looks tough. It looked tough. To yeah, yeah, he's dropping the brother. And Joe like. I feel Sold like it pushed well. his head further down than yeah. it needed to be. And I'm, I'm just saying, Logan, uh, I also would have put Joe over. Lord knows what happens if our real, real world champion loses the belt. He was already fighting people well, with the belt. He might so be suspended. So, but <laughs> mean me? Uh, I'm not anyway, losing belt. Anyway, so anyway, next, anyway, next match. On. Match that Alex actually liked. We have the Golden Elite, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, <laughs> yeah. Kota Ibushi versus Bullet Club Gold. Switchblade, JY, Juice Robinson, and Takeshita. Guns up. Guns up, baby. Me and Alex went crazy whenever <laughs> Takeshita got the roll-up win. I Kota could not Bushi believe that. looked a lot better. He yeah. was hitting them kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even oh, Alex was impressed. Kota actually looked like he had a pulse this match. I was very happy to see all that. Hangman um, was going was nice. crazy. Switchblade was awesome. Takeshita. We got true Terminator Ibushi. Yes. For, yes. For that split second. That was good. Uh, that was Takeshita was, was rocking fools. Takeshita oh, was going yeah. crazy, man. He was in some stiff ones. That was crazy. Juice Robson was a dog. It was crazy. And the Bang Bang Gang was on the outside, man. I was worried they were going to walk back in or something. I was so hey, glad. There was no, um, whatchamacallit, uh, stand-up. Cardblade? Cardblade. Cardblade. He made it backstage, actually. He made it backstage, okay. I will also say... um, It wasn't good enough for the 80,000. Having confirmed that they're going to do All In at Wembley next year, I don't care if the guns are not in the company. They need to bring them back just to do the guns entrance in All In at Wembley because that will be the (laughs) greatest thing I've ever seen. That entrance was wild with that tunnel. Juice Robinson going, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And pay for many men. Rock Um, hard, Juice Robinson, baby. But uh, I digress. We move on to FTR Young Bucks. That's what I'm talking about. The really? convicts win. They're running the asylum. Yo, wrestling is back on the menu, boys. At all, even though he picked the Young Bucks, he just wanted FTR to win because it was so funny. And the whole time, Alex was like, you can't let the convict win. You <laughs> Get can't. that criminal out of my ring. Get it was that like, uh, I was channeling my, my inner Matt Cardona as best I possibly can. Um, I really cannot believe that they let Cash Wheeler get the pin, though. That Cash was Wheeler crazy. died at one of the bucks like a bullet. Did you see that? He went, Foom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 now. Like and a I what? I mean that exactly like, <laughs> as I said it. Um, whoa, now. This match was pretty good. I thought when they hit the um, – what, what did they hit? Shatter Machine. They hit the BTE trigger and then something else. I know the Bucks hit Shatter Machine at one point. They, they yeah, did. They and then did. they – well, they hit did they hit the BTE trigger and that was it on – They hit the BTE trigger. I thought it was it got, over. It got broken up and then they hit um, – That's the Shatter Machine. Yeah, yeah. they hit balls with, with the Shatter Machine. Mm. They hit gun with another BTE trigger and I thought that was it. But that was crazy. And that cash got the pin. I was like, that's wild. And Cooper, you said this is one of your match of the year candidates. So by all means, the floor is yours. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is fantastic. The the, um, the full wrestling, gear twenty twenty comeback with the Yeah, that, that was, was nice. That was yeah. cool. Um I think that um both of, of these teams have such like natural chemistry with each other. And I'm glad that the punk of it all has not um like apparently soured the relationship between the the 
the Bucks and FGR so that they can I would agree. continue to put on absolute classics. Um, but yeah, just like people rag on on the Bucks a lot for not having like the uh, and I a good eye for storytelling in matches. They you know it's like oh they're spot monkeys they're killing the business yada yada yada. You know listen to any Jim Cornette podcast if you want that view of things. Um, that is not the view that I share. Uh, I think the Bucks are actually incredibly underrated storytellers in the ring. True, they know you know not only how to play off of the live crowd and what they will react to, which is ninety nine point nine percent of wrestling and what makes good matches, but also uh, know uh, what continuity you know they can use to to further the build in in the um, you know uh, overall flow of the match. Um, but yeah, I thought this was fantastic. I give it like five stars, easy. Um, go watch it. Great match. Uh, with that being said, we're going to continue this discussion. We're going to get a quick PSA break. So we'll be back at these messages. Welcome back. We are in our final segment here. We don't have, we have maybe eight minutes. So we're just going to run through this card. What was next? Was it Save Stampede? Yes. I think so. Yeah. That match was absolute lunacy. We could take a whole episode talking about that. Uh oh. No, Noah's in pain over uh, there. Noah's Why don't in we pain. give him the microphone? Even my dad saw that match, part of it. So. Man, why do we have to do so much? Because it's awesome. That's why. I told my I told my roommate about Orange putting his fist in the glass. He's like, "That's pretty cool." I I like everything. Beat Claudio. Ring of Honor's in the mud, brother. I yeah. <laughs> I will say that yeah, no Ring of Honor stock was in the toilet for this whole pay per view. The only critique about this entire match is that uh, the camera crew and production crew was at its worst at the start. It was, it was bad. Great. At the start. I mean, it was unbelievable. The amount of pinfalls we missed in this match. I thought it was, was interesting that they finally insane. caught on to using like the dual. Oh, yes, right. Like, but like, I don't know. Maybe sparingly. Like, Ten minutes in, too. I, like, I would have used it. I would have had three dual screens minimum. Yeah. And it's um, crazy the because match. the rest of the show they were so good. It honestly felt like Tony fired whoever was in charge of this match in the middle of the show. Tony said, and, "I'm taking over the controllers, the, little like, bro." Like the MJ of Adam Cole match was some of the best camera work they've ever done. Multiple times, we you know we're like, "That's a great there, shot." There That's was, a great shot. There was also an amazing shot to give them their flowers in the FTR. Uh, oh, Young Bucks oh yeah, where yeah, yeah. before they went for the shadow machine. Yeah, 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 yeah right. right. Um, um, Eddie in the Knicks jersey, guys. <laughs> oh. The Knicks got the win. The Knicks got the win. Let's go. I love Eddie Kingston now. And we're leading up. Get that man. Mo- looks like Mox Orange at yeah, all out because because yep. there's no way Orange losing the Penton. For maybe TV. a three way. I can see a three way if Mox interferes. To so. to uh, counter uh, Noah's original grievance, real quick. Um, uh, I like to view matches like this, like uh, like Looney Tunes. <laughs> yes, um, and once you view it through that lens, it's perfect. Yeah, Alex started viewing it through that lens halfway through, and he's like, "This is the greatest." Well, match no, ever. once yeah. once I got over the fact that before the gigantic skewer spot, Mox decided to blade off camera for no particular reason. Once I got past that in the bad camera work, I was having a grand time. Plus, uh, when Sue pulled up with the cookie pans, that was so goofy. Well, now we get to the coffin match. Oh my god, Dreadgate, <sighs> throw out the seas, Christian Cage, baby. <laughs> Match um, of the Sting decade. coming out with the Joker paint, doing the Jack the Ripper half Sting it's half showtime. Joker. Vignette. It's showtime. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, no notes. Sting's awesome. He, that man was bumping crazy for. He did the take her leg drop out. That he said, "Brother, <laughs> you're going through this table square one way or another. I'm gonna sit on you." That and man you're took the table. that stiff table to the hip and said, "I'm gonna do it one more time." <laughs> Let and me try that. Also, I know they've done like the Darby coffin drop on hard service before. That coffin drop onto the closed coffin was like, gnarly. Oh, I, I, my back hurt, my neck hurt. I felt like I lost feeling in my legs. That was crazy. This match was awesome. 
Buy Swerve stock now. Put a belt on him. Put three belts on him. I don't care. It's awesome. And then was it was it the women's match next? Uh, yes. Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. The women's four-way. Um, an interesting decision, to say the least. I think in the moment, it was a good decision, but I think American audiences in are going to hate it. In the moment, live, it was a great decision because sure. that crowd went, went bonk. She came at the queen, brother, with her family. Yeah. I'm like, all right, she's going over. Yeah. Right, right. And, I mean. The house always wins. I, I if, if she's 100%, like Tony says, if she's putting she does good in multi-man matches. She, she's not. Um, I, like, I think she's. I think she decent. is. Well, like, even no. like, just by herself. You know? I'm, I'm not saying she that she's – I'm just saying I don't know if she's 100%. Tony also said um, when he got asked a great question by – I don't remember the name of the reporter, but you saw a quote we did yeah. where they were like, hey, um, why was there only one women's match on the entire card? Tony said, well, but, you know, we got to check on Soraya's availability for All Out or something like that. And then he also said that to quote-unquote pacing is the reason, but I don't want to get into that right now. Um, I thought it was good only because – we're going to have something with the outcast, which means we'll have an actual storyline in the division, which is desperate. Hopefully. It'll be done in about two weeks. Are we cross? Look, Tony, look, Tony Storm's awesome. Her promos are next level, and that's that's the only good thing that I think yeah, came the, out of it. Yeah, the interactions between her and Soraya yeah. were what made the match. Because Tony's I, great. Yeah. I did like uh, Sheeta's countering the lockjaw. I'm going to close my mouth, brother. That was, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that, was, that was actually Because nobody good. else did it, so I was like, genius, Sheeta. Um, then we get to Osprey Jericho. Oh, God. Um, this match was fine. All right. It wasn't terrible like Alex makes it. Jericho botched two spots. But it wasn't that bad of botches, other than the, mm. the, 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 the Oz cutter was pretty bad. The Oz cutter uh, was horrible. But he also hit that reverse in the Stormbreaker that was pretty good. So I thought most of his stuff looked pretty good. I did like, too. I, I thought it looked fine. Um, Alex is a Jericho hater, though. I, I am. Like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. So. Right, right. But he was uh, a face I, in this program. Well, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was wrestling heel. So. <laughs> he was. Yeah, once they, once they figured it out. like Callus, like, didn't yeah. even barely help at all. It was just Osprey beat, beating his tail. The one time Callus did help is when. Uh, it harmed him. Yeah, when, when Osprey was locked in the walls of Jericho, and he's like, what if I just get the ref to not look at him? And then also. Even though Osprey was about to make it. And then he got hit by Gavar. Uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, when he's hit that, and then he hit the the low blow into the Judas effect. I'm like, if he goes over, <laughs> you guys are gonna leave. We're gonna Look, turn this off, brother. I hate Jericho, but nothing like wrestling someone as bad as Jericho to make me appreciate that Osprey's like the best wrestler in the world. So thumbs up. He had up. the WCP. He had all the Indies, the WCPW, and all the Indies on this like his belt and stuff like that. That was cool. Yeah. Awesome. He had the Swords of Exodus thing too. I, I like that. Remember. Um, yeah, Will Osprey is apparently like the defender of England. Yes. Like, in his entrance too. Um, but yeah, I thought, um, Elevated. you know, uh, like I said, I think Jericho has ad- adapted his, his style to something that works for him at his age. Um, and you know, when paired up with somebody who really, really knows what they're doing, like will, uh, you know, that can cover a lot of faults. And I think that they did. Yeah. Of course they're going to have, you know, little botches. It's wrestling, but yeah, I thought it was fun. And then we had the house of black versus the acclaimed fantastic match. Um, nice tribute to Bray. I thought it was a good decision. I think House of Black can go on to bigger and better things in the trios division. Um, I, do we really want to dwell on this? Do we dwell on MJF having Cole? I'll yeah, just say one Cole. thing. Um, uh, let the claim drop it to his kids. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, he wants to drop it. Juicing the guns, bro. That'd be good. Guns. I think that'd be a good decision, too. Also, I really am curious to see how House of Black moves forward because they definitely protected them with the like two finishers back-to-back and then all three guys. The Julia Hart, Jimmy Timbers. Awesome. So, yeah, but good. MJF Cole, we have one minute. All right. Best Peak. match of all time. Best match I've ever seen. Best jealous Roger Strong match of all time. Perfect. Greatest storyline I've ever seen in my Perfection. entire life. The ending? Oh my god! When he threw Ripped the belt at Adam, I almost out. fell off when the couch. When he threw, when when he hit the pan, the low blow from Roger into the Panama Sunrise, brother, he had him down for like a minute. 
Yeah. <laughs> if Bryce so, Rimsburg wow. could count, Good. it would have. Bryce Rimsburg also taken a paint on my sunrise with a nice touch. That was great. Noah, you're the number one MJF supporter. Uh, I was about to say, the uh, five more minutes spot. Uh, oh. Oh. We're going till we have a this bleeping was, winner. This was, this was prime NXT storytelling. Yes. This was. Melodrama. Yeah. Champa Gargano, like, won before they, like, mm-hmm. you know, jumped the shark on it. You know, just pure, unadulterated feelings and emotion. You know, this is so. top five magic for me of the year, easily. It, oh, for sure. It's crazy how divisive it is, though, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's too much this or that. I'm like, well, those people are stupid. So <laughs> That's also um, true. Who cares? WWE yeah, GL's look. opinion is the only opinion that matters, and we consistently love this match. And it's the best storyline in wrestling. So I'm going to decide to see where it goes. Any final Cinema, thoughts? Cinema, dare I say. It's true. Mm, no, I, I hate that thoughts. word. <laughs> Just don't forget, I'm the real world's champion. Well, me and Noah, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to WWE GL on Booker 91.1 FM. Um, we're going to do predictions on Twitter, me and Noah, so you can follow me on Twitter at ByLoganHurst. You can follow Noah on Twitter at Noah underscore Phillips. Please go like my most recent tweet, please. For the lo- please. Uh, don't. If you, ever, if you ever feel so inclined. Um, you can. Alex, you follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Houston. Cooper, final thoughts? Friendship wins. Friendship wins. All I got to say, you know I'm getting ready for it. Ooh, guns up, baby. Goodbye. Mwah! And good night. Bang! Run.